or good night. Sleep tight. Or whenever whenever you listen. We're recording in the morning this yeah. time. So switching it up. Yes. Welcome to Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. Where your ghostesses, Corinne and Sabrina. <laughs> like say your own name pointing <laughs> no, at you. And usually you lead you in. Well, today's different. Thank you. I get to say my own name. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> can I just start by saying we are doing a very creepy topic this week. We are focusing yep. on the black-eyed kids. And I did not sleep very well last night after researching and finishing my research. And I love I shouldn't say that because I don't want to like put it out into the universe and I don't want them to come to me. I love you but, guys. Like, come over. <laughs> I love this type of stuff. Yes. Where it's just like half of it's creepy pasta and the other half are people being like, no, this is real and people trying to capture them right. on tape and, and video footage and everything. Like I just – I can't even fathom what they are. I know. Because there's no – like all of the – the encounters with them are quite similar. They have a lot of commonalities between experiences. So there's not that many clues as to what they are because you only get so much. Yeah. They are very mysterious. I actually listened to the podcast Astonishing Legends, and they have a three-part series on Black Eyed Kids. I only listened to part one. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I need to listen. Mm-hmm. I'll listen today. Um, but before we get into the topic – Mm. do we have any ghost updates in our lives are you wanting me to tell my ghost updates? you don't have to i'll i'll be very brief okay. because i don't want to i know details. i know i didn't want to push you into it but i was like this is so fascinating but <laughs> <laughs> i feel like without giving details it doesn't like do it justice but i also don't want to give details you just do briefly okay there was someone that i have went on a few dates with and he doesn't believe in ghosts he doesn't he thinks that when you die you go into the ground and that's that which is totally fine but the first time that he came over i did see something out of the corner of my eye and then the only other time that he was over at my house i saw something else out of the corner of my eye and it was like dark and low to the ground i was like possibly a shadow person so the only two times he was in my house there was something dark there and then he started acting a little bit bizarrely i won't go into details (laughs) but there was some weird things that happened where i was like oh my god is he looking to kill me and like wear my face as his face or is he possessed we don't have any answers but we have theories we don't but I'm not seeing him anymore. So yeah. <laughs> we will never get answers. But based on all of the things that had happened, which I'm leaving out a lot of them because I just don't want to like put it's someone your personal on life. Blast and yeah, it's yeah. also my personal life. Um but based on what's happening and the way that it just abruptly stopped after I sort of told him recapped the weird things that were happening and the thing that I saw. Yeah. We think that it was a possession. Well, it also goes back to we we talk a lot about how people who are very defensive against the existence of paranormal, like the way that they react to it is almost a 
protection thing. Like they, they try to protect themselves from something that they're really scared of or that they know exists or they've had experiences with, but don't want to relive them. Right. And you also had a theory too, that, that goes along with this, that maybe because I'm more of an open person and that I am more in touch with the spiritual world that potentially just being hanging out with me, maybe reopen the door to something right. that used to happen to him and it spooked him. Yeah. We don't know, but we kind of think know. he's possessed. I think we have a Rick situation. I know. I When you were texting me yesterday about this, I really didn't want to say that it reminded me of Rick, which is a listener yeah, story. Yeah, because you don't want to scare me and make me feel like Rick is after me. Right. And Rick is a listener story we read, or he's from a listener story we read in episode 12, which mm-hmm. is our possession episode. So yes. I was like, and it it was a really scary story. So I, when you were telling me, I really didn't want to. It's just like this, what happened seems like the baby, it's like the Rick in its infancy. Yeah, yeah. Like the very beginning stages where it's like. Thank goodness you have your fruit fly. I'm like glad you have something to protect you. Yeah, and some other things happen, but either he's a serial killer or he's possessed. It's one of the two. And I don't know which one. I don't know what I'd prefer. Either way, anyway, he's gone. He's out of your life. So that's what happens when you try to date people. <laughs> <laughs> and my roommate was like, only you yeah. would find someone who's possessed. <laughs> like, this would only happen <laughs> to you. Uh, well, it kind of makes me think, are we opening ourselves up to these things and... Yeah, are things coming into our life yeah. because we're talking about talking them about all it? The time. Mm-hmm. You just said you love me- black-eyed kids, so don't come <laughs> get me. I'll never let you in. I was really scared. I wonder. <laughs> it doesn't help that my room is incredibly dark I right now because we're getting a massive snowstorm in Boston, so it's super dark. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> cloaked in darkness. Ready for the snow day. Going back to the black-eyed children for a mm-hmm. moment. There, in some of the reports, people have actually like, touched them, like reached out and like touched their shoulder or something to be like, are you okay? Like, because they, they appear as children, black-eyed right. children. I wonder, like, what would happen if you punched it? I don't know. You know, like, what if... It would just I'm just wondering for myself because we know that my reaction... And fight or flight is to fight. Yeah. So I don't not trust myself that I wouldn't punch it in the face before closing the door. Well, it's really interesting because I'll get more in detail about this, but the way that they appear, they it almost seems like they have a way to manipulate your mind and the way they you're perceiving them because they at the same time as your body is telling you run, these things are not good, it's also you're instinctually trying to help these kids. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you go against everything fighting, that you're, yeah, you have internal battle. Of like this is a child. They're, they, they're asking for help. I feel like I need to help them, but I'm also terrified. Yeah. My gosh. I, well, do you have any, any, uh, before we go full on uh, into the topic, is there anything happening to you? <laughs> no, thank goodness. I was terrified to open my bedroom – or not my bedroom door. I was terrified to open my apartment door 
this morning because I was scared there was going to be something just waiting and standing in the hallway. A black-eyed child. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I made it to work, Ugh. so I'm good. Good. You're in the daylight. You're safe. Yeah. You're surrounded by others. Well, I'm not yet, but you know. I will be. Soon to be. <laughs> Soon to be. There's just going to be like a little child peeking in through my – I have a glass window. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. It would be Either creepy. that or a shadow person. Well, okay. I'm glad you brought that up because in the research of black-eyed kids, a lot of aspects of it reminded me of shadow people. Yeah. And I have a theory. It's almost like a blend of yeah. shadow people and, like, aliens. Yeah. But it almost like – this is totally my theory and I did not read this anywhere – I, I, it makes me think that black eyed kids are a form of shadow people who are like a mix of a spirit and a shadow person. Like a blend between someone, like an actual person's soul and a shadow person. Yeah. Like when the person was crossing over, like, Obviously, I'm making things up. I don't, no one Mm -hmm. knows how any of this works, but like when a person's crossing over, they, two parts of them stay, and one part is that dark entity that we talked about in the Shadow People episode, where there's like the sliver of yourself that's dark and ominous and bad that stays with a piece of you that was actually you. I have a theory, too. Okay. What's your theory? Which is actually pretty similar to yours, and it stems from one of the stories that I'm yeah, going to tell. Yeah, mine does, too. But I sort of think that it might be a blend of, like, a demonic entity and a real living person. Yeah. I definitely feel like there's some living aspect to it. Well, the fact that you can reach out and touch them, that yeah. they can be solid – in front of you and that they can manipulate things like they can touch your door hand it's like a real person like wiggling your door handle or knocking on your window it's not some phantom thing it's a solid mass you think that they're real right and And they look real they ride bikes they go into cars they act like a normal Mm -hmm. person yeah and one of the stories i read it connected to a murder so they believe it's an entity that was killed. Or oh, wow. Believe, yeah, they believe it's a person who was killed. So I don't know. I, I, I'm real, They're very mysterious. Should we just talk about, like, the description, what black-eyed kids are? Yeah, because we're talking around it a lot. We're just yeah. saying our own we'll theories. We'll get into but it. For people that don't know. I think it's time. What the black-eyed children Let's talk are. We it. should probably. Yeah. Okay. okay. The black-eyed kids, they are... They are, we don't know, but they're like an urban legend of sorts that has existed in the paranormal realm. And somewhat more recently, too. Like there are some reports that go back a little bit further, but the majority of reports were in the past like two or three decades. Right. So it was in 1996, I believe, when a man from Texas, Brian Bethel, he was a journalist, wrote of his encounter with two black-eyed kids. And that was kind of really the stemming off point for stories of black eyed kids coming out, which reminded me of the shadow people thing. Like one of those scenarios where no one really talks about things. And then once one person does, it sparks all of these people coming out with different stories and like mm-hmm. maybe people. Oh, right. Cause weren't, wasn't that someone had discussed it on a radio yeah, station? It was Art Bell on the coast to coast. 
think that's okay. what it's called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like maybe there was no forum to talk about this. And it was like in the beginning ages of the internet. And like we say, like people are very alienated by their experiences. And until someone out there is able to validate your experience, you don't mm-hmm. tell anyone. You keep it to yourself. Especially if it's something so bizarre that almost seems like it's one thing if it's ghosts, because we tell ghost stories, ghost stories have been a part of our culture and just people gathering together for years and years and years. But if it's something a little bit more bizarre where it's almost like a creature, then I would imagine that you'd be even more hesitant Mm -hmm. to tell anyone. Right. But then also like there are a lot of people who write this off. And say it's kids on drugs or it's kids wearing those full sclera contacts, which is crazy because they're 400 plus dollars and you need to get them fitted by an actual professional doctor. So, but it's real. Yeah, I we believe it's real. I believe it's real. For those of you who are skeptics, just for the next 45 minutes, believe they're mm-hmm. real with us. And just know that the black eyed children, too, are not limited to one area. No, they're, they're all, all over, over the world. It doesn't matter if you're in a building, if you are in a home, if you're in your car, in your office, they'll find you. So they are paranormal entities that resemble children between the ages of six and 16. Some reports say a little older than 16, but I mean, who can tell with people these days how old they are? Um, They have pale skin and they are usually seen wearing ratty kind of clothing and sweatshirts of types. Mm-hmm. Um, like dark, bulky mm-hmm. sort of clothing. They don't like have punk. style. Yeah. Well, I guess punk is a style, but like. But yeah, just like, I don't know, more like. Raggy clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they have, and this is their most notable characteristic, pitch black eyes. Yes. Like, their eyes are completely, completely solid. black. Not just the iris, the whole eye. There's no white. Like no white. No white. And there's no like veins you can see. They're just black glass balls essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, they're seen hitchhiking and they appear in your door. And no matter what you do, do not open the door and do not let them in. Yeah. If you open the door, shut the door. Yes. Right away. Do not let them in. But so it's interesting. So when they first appear to you, they appear in a way that makes you feel like they need help. They might scream. They might say that they're in danger. They might ask for a ride home or to use your telephone, et cetera. And so you'll feel obligated to because they're young kids. Mm -hmm. Like when you see a child alone and a lot of the times they come at night when it's dark, when it's raining and bad weather and they look freezing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean – Human nature, your human instinct is to help them and don't, no matter what you Yeah, think. just go against – it's almost like go against but also go with your feelings. Go right. against what you've been taught mm-hmm. where you should help people and go with your gut feeling of running. Right. And they also – people have said that they – when they first see them, they have like an ability to camouflage their eyes in a way. Like – it takes you a little while to realize that their eyes are pitch black. Yes. Yes. And all the stories, it's like that because they're talking to them. And then as soon as you give them permission or as soon as you almost challenge them and start questioning them, they say that there's 
a lot of people have reported kind of like a switch in them and all of a sudden the eyes are you notice that they're completely black it's like they lose a little bit of their power over your mind for a moment and then you see them as they are or maybe they only can keep their eyes that way for a certain amount of time like when that time runs out it's like well here i am Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting so 1996, like I was saying, Brian Bethel had a story, and that was when it kind of became popular. And people, some people consider this is when creepypasta started, um, and that it's just a legend. But like we said, we don't believe that. We think they are real. Mm -hmm. And I think with anything, like if enough people have experiences like this, it's hard to just write it off. And I don't think everyone in the world is lying to us. No, no. I don't think so either. Like, there are things that are unexplained. Like, right. we're still – we've said this before. We're still finding species in the ocean. We're still yeah. finding new things in the forest. Like, there's so much – That is unknown. That is unknown and yeah. unexplored. And, like, how can you – just because you don't see something doesn't mean it's not real. Right. I've never seen Obama. <laughs> there you go. Does that mean he didn't exist? No. <laughs> My example is probably stupid, but... <laughs> well... But you know what I mean. I get it, yeah. There are just... Yeah. And, too, like, the thing that that really blows my mind is when we start talking about other dimensions, and like, parallel universes mm-hmm. and all of that, because, like, how, how do we know? Like, everything that we know now is also... Most of it is new knowledge. Like, oh, if we went back in time... We used to think the world was flat. Yeah. A few thousand years, like we telephones, no, right? Like we didn't know about electricity and all this stuff. So, like that to those people back then might have seemed so out of the realm of actual possibilities. Mm-hmm. So, who are we to say that these things that seem impossible are? We can't. We just can't. We, can. we just cannot, and neither can you. So don't. Join us. So join us as we discuss the possibilities and the what-ifs and the who-ifs and the ghosts. And we believe. Just believe in it. Wow. Sabrina, this is the first time you've sang on the podcast. (laughs) You just froze. Oh, no. You froze. You were reconnecting. My singing just cut off our connection. (laughs) I said this is the first time that you've sang on our podcast. I know. I got really, like, overwhelmed, and I'm a little red, and I'm a little flushed right now. I know. I'm a little warm. I should take my blanket off. Um, okay. So I'm going to tell the Brian Bethel story. Okay. Brian Bethel, who, like I said, is a was a young journalist at the time in Abilene, Texas. He was – he drove his car to pay his internet bill, and – he was sitting in the parking lot writing out a check. It was late evening, and all of a sudden, two boys, the ages of 9 and 12, who were wearing hoodies, they knocked on the driver's side. Of his window. Yeah, so they knocked on the one his he window was Yeah, on his car. Yeah. Which is like, can you imagine, like, sitting down with your head down, writing a check, and all of a sudden you hear a knock? And this is and another it- trait. Of, and that's that's six inches from you because when yeah. you're in your car, you're not far from the window. Right. If they had a weapon, like, you're done. Yeah. But, like, the, another trait of black-eyed kids is that they seem to appear and disappear almost instantly. Not mm-hmm. vanish, but, like, 
so he had his head down and all of a sudden they were there. And then Yeah, you don't see them coming on and you don't see them leave. See them leave. It's like you blink and then or you turn for one second, they're there or they're gone. And they're gone. So these two boys knocked on his window and immediately he felt uncomfortable and had a soul racking fear and had no idea why. He felt he like felt like he had to see what they wanted. Mm-hmm. They were young kids. What could they possibly do to him? If he was in a safe area, he was just dropping off an internet bill, like, or an internet yeah, check. and he's in his car. Like, and he can drive yeah. away. Other so, people will be coming to and from. Right. I get it. So he cracked the car window, and the kids told him they needed a ride home to get money to go see the Mortal Kombat playing in the movie theater, which was in the same parking lot complex. Like, it was in the same shopping center. He thought, okay, well, that's reasonable. Maybe they got dropped off and they didn't have money and now they, like, don't have any way to get home. But as he's talking to them, he continues to feel like something is off. And he looked over towards the movie theater and saw that the movie Mortal Kombat had already started. So driving them to go home to pick to get money and then back would mean they would miss majority of the movie. So that's sign number one that, like, okay, something's weird here. Mm -hmm. And one of the kids then turned to him as he was hesitating and in clear, comprehensible language that does not sound like something a young child would dictate or like the way that they would talk, goes, it wouldn't take long. We're two little kids. We don't have a gun or anything. (laughs) Yeah. It's like they're reading his mind, which is another theme, another trait. That they seem to know what you're thinking. And when you start to hesitate, they respond to whatever is holding you back. Right. And it's also like (sighs) when nice guys say, but I'm a nice guy. It's like, well, don't. If you have to say it, then you're not. Yeah. Like if you have to say you don't have a gun, there's something weird, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So Bethel turned away from them and was so scared. When he looked back, he realized that they had completely coal black eyes he threw the car in reverse and started apologizing while backing out of the spot and was like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry but like just trying to get out of there as fast as possible right yeah kid then began banging on the car window yelling we can't come in unless you tell us it's okay let us in so he drove off and he took one look in the rearview mirror and no one was there. The boys were just gone. I like what happens though. I mean, I guess a few of my stories might answer this question, but like what what do they want? Like what happens when you do let them in? I don't know. And I, I didn't like do they want your souls? Do they want to hurt you? There was one instance actually on Astonishing Legends they they referenced saying that maybe they're a form of vampire because they need to be let in. Like they can't cross this boundary. Oh yeah. But also it's almost like the same with demonic entities. Right. If you have too much like white light and positivity protection yeah. in your home, they can't come in. That's true. Ooh. But the vampire thing, it's interesting because they're like very white skin. Mm-hmm. They dress dark. Mm-hmm. They need to be let in. They maybe aren't as queued up on social norms. A- another thing, and you had mentioned this earlier on, is that one of the things that they ask 
or a common thing that they ask for is to use the phone. And in a lot of the stories that I read, it was always the landline. It was like, we need to use the telephone. And there was one story that I had read where someone handed them a cell phone and they said, no, we need to use the real phone. Because they want to come inside your house. Also, they're very Mm -hmm. outdated. Like Mm -hmm. what, where are they from? What information are they getting? Who is telling them this information? They need to update. Sending them. They need to update their handbook. They do. Let's go tell them. Let's go find them. (laughs) Excuse me, you're doing this all wrong. When we are ghosts, we are going to change some things, and we are going to (laughs) change the rules and update them and tell them how it really is. We're going to just completely break the barrier between the human, the living, yeah. and the paranormal. Wait, it's like wizards and muggles where they're like, do we do we reveal ourselves to humans or do we not? Oh, yeah. Or like Halloween Town. <gasps> yeah. I have one other story. Okay. Okay. There's a place in England. It's called Staffordshire, and it is considered one of the world's hottest spots for the supernatural. The forest in the area has been known to see where people have seen spirits of dead Nazis and pigmen, which is the result of World War II genetic experiments. And there have been a lot of sightings, more than usual in more than in most places, of the black-eyed children. That's so weird that they're in one location. Yeah. Well, it's that they're like favoring a certain spot because normally it's just all over the place. I know. Well, it's one in specific. So this is what I was saying about how it relates to a murder. Oh, one child? It's one black-eyed child. So this is like mm. this is a case of black-eyed children that really kind of defies all other stories. Yeah, this and if it's one child too cuz oftentimes they show up in groups mm-hmm. or in pairs. But yeah. it's one. So this is okay. So the sightings of the black-eyed children date back to the mid-1960s. And uh, there was a man in 1960, in the early to mid-1960s who was attempting abductions and attacking young girls in the surrounding area of Staffordshire. And the first was Julia Taylor, who was eight. She disappeared as she was walking home from a birthday party on December 1st, 1964, a cyclist later found her in the grass on the side of a road and she had been sexually assaulted and choked out, but she was still alive. So because Julia was still alive, she was able to give police a accurate description and they were able to make a sketch of this man who told her that it was like, it's like what you tell every child, stranger danger, if anyone pretends to be your family member, don't get in the car. But this man told her that he was her uncle and that he was going to drive her to their aunt's house to get Christmas presents. So she got in the car and he attacked her. Then there were a few other girls who disappeared. But then on, in August of 1967, a seven-year-old girl, Christine Ann Darby, disappeared when she was walking she was walking with two friends around 2 p.m when a man pulled up in a car and told christine to get in so she did a couple of days later they found her body and she was dead oh poor baby and it took months until the police found this man because it wasn't until a girl a 19 year old girl witnessed 
a man trying to pull another young girl into his car and she memorized his license plate, the car make, the color, everything. Dude, go, you go, girl. I know. My gosh. Seriously. Wendy Lane was her name, if you want to know more about her. She deserves to be shouted out in this podcast. Yeah, she did everything right. Yeah. See something, say something. And so they tracked the car down, and it belonged to Raymond Leslie Morris. He was a 39 native of Walsall. Of Walsall? I don't know where that is. Uh He had a wife, and people thought he was nice, outgoing, reliable. I kind of recognize his name. You know what? He actually might be in the book that you gave me. Really? Serial killers. Mm -hmm. Because they tell like a million different stories about people. Yeah. Maybe that's what I recognize his name. possible. So his wife didn't believe it for the longest time, but then she ended up finding photos among his belongings which were pornographic images of the sexual assault of a child. And so she oh, testified. God. Yeah, I know. She testified <sighs> against him, which is why he was sent to jail for killing Christine and Darby. And he was suspected of killing a few other girls, but he was never uh, convicted of it. And when so when he when Christine and Darby first died is when the first sightings of the black eyed child in Staffordshire started happening then it kind of just like she the child disappeared for a lot of years but then when morris died at the age of 84 the black-eyed child returned again so there's like a weird corresponding timeline with her death and then also when her killer died so it's like insinuating that maybe she is the black-eyed child yeah the first appearance was in the 1960s, like I said, and they kind of happened until the 1980s. And there's a paranormal investigator named Lee Brickley who helped tell the stories of black, the black-eyed child that haunts the town of Cannock Chase, Staffordshire. His own aunt had an encounter with a black-eyed child in the 1980s. And like I said, after that, it kind of seemed like the child disappeared. But then 30 years later, a woman reported to Brickley that she had an experience very similar to Brickley's aunt. She told him that her and her daughter were walking through the area when they heard the screams of a young child. She wasn't clear if it was a boy or a girl, but all she knew is that she had to find where the screams were coming from and try to help this child. They instantly started running towards the noise, but there was no one there, and it was weird. They like couldn't sit find anyone. The scream stopped, and as they like turned to leave, there was this young girl just standing behind them. And Ooh. Just pops out of nowhere. Exactly. And she was so close to them when they turned around. Like, there was no way that she could have gotten that close to them without them noticing. And she had her hands over her eyes. The woman asked if she was okay. And then the girls, the girl removed her hands from her eyes and looked up at the woman. And she had completely black eyes. So the woman jumped back jumped back grabbed her daughter and started to run and they looked back and the girl was gone it makes me wonder if it is the girl that was murdered why the eyes like what happened i know because it's so such a horrendous act to commit against a child that it's like the eyes are symbolic of like 
no one wants to see this. Like, this is monstrous. Or did he physically do something with her eyes? Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that. But yeah, so, oh, that's so interesting. But so the story ran on the front page of a British tabloid, which I thought is interesting. It was called, it's called the Daily Star. It was in September of 2014. And I'll have to post the, the images on Instagram, but in the next few days, there were three front page stories and they were titled The Pub Cursed by Black Eyed Child Ghost, Plague of Black Eyed Ghost Children, Screaming Black Eyed Child Ghost Terror. Those are the three titles. And Brickley was convinced that this was the return of the black-eyed children in Staffordshire, and he warned everyone who were to come into contact with him to run while they still could. And another theory is that it's connected to the sale of a haunted pub, which is called the Four Crosses. And it's a really haunted pub that opened in 1636, and has like an old English soldier haunting it, a woman named Emily who sobs in the toilet, a drunk ghost named Charlie. And a lot of people have seen the black eyed child. I do wonder though, because it just makes me question why there are other black eyed children and how they gang up together if it's. I know. If they're created by a heinous act. And then, I don't know. I just have questions about it. Because, too, that makes the child turn into something evil. But the child was the victim of evil, right. not evil. So I just don't really know. I know. But what to think? Could evil doings turn someone good into evil? Do you know what could. I mean? Like, and we, we have discussed the possibility of or the stories where someone's energy Mm-hmm. Once they pass over, if there's so much anger or so much hurt, part of them comes right. off and develops into its own swarm, sort of a creature. Yeah. And also, I mean, we talk – we love serial killers and stuff, and they say a lot of them have experienced trauma in their childhood and mm-hmm. terrible things from their parents or people who have treated them so terribly. So it's like a form of evil that in turn – carries into their lives and turns them into these monsters. Yeah, and then there is all that that debate about serial killers. Are they born or are they created? Right. And I believe the current research says that they're mostly born. It's kind of a mix of the two. Right. Someone will be born with a tendency to do something, but it doesn't mean that they're going to act on it. It right. takes it takes a trigger, it tra- takes something off happening you on to them head. to yeah, trigger all of that and make them right. do the things that they do. But it's not like they're just raised normal and they're normal people and, and someone yeah. molests them and then they're a serial killer. That's not necessarily the way it goes. But then again, like with any research, you can say something is possible or something is most likely correlated, but you can't necessarily say that it causes anything because stuff is always changing and as soon as we find out one thing or think right. one thing – Everyone works to see if they can disprove that. So who knows, Mm -hmm. you know? Who knows about anything? Yeah. Not us. (laughs) Not us, clearly. Um, I am really excited to hear your stories because last night I looked at the Excel and it said, Death by Black-Eyed Children. (laughs) And I'm interested. Yes. So, okay. So when I was researching, a lot of the stories had – 
common themes where the children would come and prey on the vulnerability of the adults, ask for help or whatever. And every single person had this feeling of dread and like to run and and Mm -hmm. rejecting of these black eyed children. And so I was wondering, because a majority of the, the stories were that they ran from the children. Right. What happens if you let them in? So I have three stories that are about either letting them in or having extremely close encounters. Okay. So the first story is from, you guessed it, Vermont. <laughs> During a snowstorm of January 2016, so this was just two years ago, a woman heard knocking at her front door. She looked out the window to see what was going on, just thinking, you know, someone went off the road. It was a snowstorm. So probably there was a car and they needed to use a phone or whatever. And so she looks out her window, doesn't see any cars, doesn't see anything, goes back to bed, but the knocking continues. So she wakes up her husband and then they go downstairs And they get this overwhelming feeling of dread once they're approaching the door. When they get to the door, there are two children outside Mm -hmm. that are not appropriately dressed for the weather. There's no car anywhere. Mm -hmm. No cars. They have no idea how they got there. So they are like, oh, hi, what do you want? (laughs) And the children ask to use the phone. Everything in this woman is telling her to run and to fear these children. But they're children, so she lets them inside. They walk inside her lit home. They get into the living room, and that's when she notices that their eyes are completely black. And as soon as she sees that their eyes are black, her husband gets a nosebleed, and all the power in their house goes out. She said that she just stood there staring at the children for, like, what seemed like an inappropriate amount of time. And then in unison, the children said at the exact same time, together— our parents have arrived and then they walked out and they got the woman watched them walk to a dark car and a man with a suit opened the car and let the kids in (gasps) and soon after this encounter the woman's husband was diagnosed with skin cancer and she herself began to have recurring nosebleeds and some other health issues and she believes that these issues were all triggered by the black-eyed children and that by letting them in it brings on illness and death. Like they're omens of sorts. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. My second story. I have three stories. So my second story. Wait, can I? What if you just need to let them in once and they can get in any time after that? Like they'll revisit you? Yeah. It's like vampires. Like once right. you let them in. Like if you open that door to Oh, my them. God. That's why they don't have to do anything right then. They're like, thank you for letting us in. Okay, our parents have arrived. Goodbye. Goodbye. And then they come back in the middle of the night when you don't even know that they're in there. I don't know. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. We don't know. We don't know. (laughs) I want to know. I want the answers. I want to, but I don't want to. When When I pass over, I'll get all the answers and I'll let you guys know. But then just try like really, really hard to remember them. So when you come into your next life, you'll have the answers. Because that's the thing about reincarnation. Some, most of the time, your memories are wiped. Well, I can write a book through a Ouija board when I'm on mm-hmm. the other okay. side. And to Sabrina everyone. material. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. 
Just come to me. If you die before me, come to me and I'll I'll know. Okay. Say so I gotta get the Ouija board. Gotta grab my journal. Okay. Th- that's I think the okay. one exception to doing a Ouija board is if one of us passes away. We make a pact. Okay. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. See you on the other side. <laughs> okay. So John Northwood of Portland, Oregon had a very scary encounter one night in nineteen ninety eight. He had just finished a seminar seminar on software sales, and he left to grab a late dinner. So he got out at like 10, went to one of the diners nearby, came back to the place around like 11, where the seminar was to grab his car in the parking garage. And when he gets to his car, which is parked on the third floor of the parking garage, he gets in, he starts to back out. And then this guy that he recognized from the seminar, Doug, taps on the window. And Doug's like, seems a little shaken up. So John rolls down his window and is like, what's going on? And Doug says that he's freaked out because there are people, namely children, standing by his car and he wants to get in the car with John and circle around to see like what the kids want. And John's like, okay, that's fine. Like there were other people in the parking garage. The parking garage was lit. Like people were milling around. So he's like, okay, cool. Like whatever. So this was the middle of the day? This was at 11 p.m., but, like, there had been a big conference, and this was probably at a hotel. Okay. So there were people coming and going. Right, right. So then Doug gets in the car, and they drive by Doug's car, and there are three kids standing around it. There are two boys and a girl. And John just gets this, like, terrible feeling and is really freaked out by their presence. Mm -hmm. He said that they're kind of wearing, like, dark clothing, almost like a little gothic looking, and that the girl is, like, especially creepy. So they drive by slowly, but then John's, like, tempted to take another look. So he turns around in his driver's side because he's driving and looks back. Right. And that's when the kids spot him and make eye contact with him. And the two boys come over. They each take a side of the car. So Doug's in the passenger seat. John's driving. Two boys on each side walking along the car. And the younger boy says, it's scary out there all alone and we just wanted a ride home. And the older one, who was on Doug's side, the guy that was like, can you let me in your car? Like, I'm scared. On Doug's side, the older kid goes, you promised you'd help us. So then Doug says, I don't even know you. And then it turns out earlier in the night, the little boy had asked Doug for a ride home. And Doug was like, "Uh, okay, like, sure, fine. Like, after the seminar, if you still need a ride home, I'll give you a ride home. And the little boy waited and when Doug came out, he saw the little boy, but then he also saw the two older kids, and he got such a, like, bad vibe from the older kids that he was like, oh, hell no, I'm not giving anyone a ride home. So that's why they were waiting by his car. Yeah, I was going to say it's crazy how long they stuck around. Like, hours, hours. Yeah. So then suddenly something comes over Doug, and he's like, I, I got to get out of the car. I'm getting out of the car. And as he reaches for the handle... John said that there was a shift in the kids and they felt immensely more evil. And he that's when their black eyes were like exposed. So John's like, what the shit? Flips his car in reverse, zooms back, and the children are chasing after the car. He whips around, starts – they're on the third floor. So they're cruising down, like trying to leave the parking garage. They're going, he said, like 30 miles an hour around these corners. Flies up the ramp as they get – up the ramp to leave the parking garage the oldest boy is standing right there which like how could he get there so fast 
And they're so persistent. Yes. So they get out of the garage, and as soon as they do, the dreadful feeling that they had when they were around the kids subsides. And about 10 minutes later, wow, they're like, okay, these kids are probably gone. John decides to drive back in to drop Doug off at his car. Right. So they go back in. The kids are gone. La, la, la. Everything's fine. But as they're leaving the garage, John starts getting a really bad feeling again. So he's like, they're close. And Doug's in front of him, driving out. John's behind him. They get out of the garage. And as they're approaching the intersection, Doug misjudges it. And he goes through a yellow light. And another car runs and instantly kills him. Hits him and kills him on impact. So after all of this happened, Doug ends up getting in a really awful car accident and passes away. John has to stop, wait for the police. He gives a police report. He gets back in his car. And that's when he notices two blocks away that the kids are standing there watching. It's like because you made a promise and you didn't keep it. Yeah. So you just have to say no. Don't let them in. Don't promise anything. Yeah. Just say no. To black-eyed kids. Yes, and maybe drugs. Yeah. <laughs> True. Agree. And then story three. Oh my gosh. I like, whoo, there's so much processing I to know. <laughs> this is the one where I was like, okay, this is possibly like the birth of black-eyed children, like how they're created. So. Oh, interesting. This story's a little more PG-13 because it involves someone having a one-night stand. <gasps> but. A man who's unnamed, he was at a bar in Arcata, California, and he hit it off with the barmaid. And she invited him back. Is that the right word, barmaid? I don't know. Bartender? Bartender. He hit it off with the bartender. She invited him back to her house, which he accepted. And when they pulled up to the house, he got an overwhelming feeling of dread. So another theme. As soon as you're in the presence of black-eyed children, you feel dread coming on. Yeah. He starts to feel very it's a uneasy. Good, good feeling to have when you're about to get it all. I know. N- yeah, very unsettling. Probably should not have continued on, <laughs> but yeah, he did. He said that he felt uneasy around her as well. Like as his buzz was wearing off, he said that she seemed a little bit less human to him. But inevitably, he still went inside, and they hooked up. We all have our needs. <laughs> After she fell asleep, he goes to the kitchen to grab some water, and he notices that the house is full of children. (gasps) It's 2 a.m. He goes into the kitchen, and there are children wandering around in silence, aimlessly, not speaking, not making a noise, just walking around, moving, tons of them. And then he noticed that their eyes were completely black. So he grabs his stuff and he leaves. And about a month after that, he was diagnosed with bladder cancer and he succumbed to his illness six months later. So after seeing the black-eyed children, after being maybe in their home, he passed away. What? So is she the mother of black-eyed children or is she just invited so many of them inside and like made a... No, but that's what I think she must be the mother because he was saying, he was saying like she she seemed less human to him 
So I'm almost wondering if she's like this weird alien vampire creature thing. And then she summons these people back to her home to impregnate her to have more black-eyed children. And that is how they are birthed. so alien. It's kind of like Lady Gaga in American Horror Story Hotel. Oh, yeah. So that's oh my a possibility of how black-eyed children come to be. But the common theme amongst these three stories is if you see them, if you promise them something, or if you let them in, or I guess not if you see them, but like if you are in their presence, let them in your home or promise them something, yeah, you will die or have or have repercussions, terrible like illnesses. Something bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. So one other thing is a common theme that they come when it's dark or it's night. But the one difference in the Staffordshire story that I said or that I told is they were often seen during the day and at night. So they, there was no distinction between when they appeared. That's so bizarre. I know. Because you would think that they they draw more attention during the day. Like you would notice them or feel more comfortable saying no right. maybe during the day. Because other people are around and you're like, no, dude, no. Yeah, maybe they're just like trying out that other techniques and yeah. seeing what works and what it isn't. But yeah, I don't know. It, they're they're mysterious. They're I have no idea either. And I do wonder because there were plenty of stories that included the black car and the man in the suit that like follows them oh, and really? picks them up. And I don't – who is he? It's like the hat man. Yeah. Wait. What? What if? The hat man had children with this woman in your story and because he is a shadow being and she was a human, they had weird black-eyed children babies. It's possible. That's a conspiracy theory that I'm into. Let's post it on like creepypasta yeah. <laughs> or on Reddit. <laughs> Start it now. Is it still a conspiracy theory if it's – in regards paranormal entities? It might just be a theory. I do wonder, and I wonder a lot about who that woman was that he went home with because he said that she seemed less human. So it's like, right? well, what is she? She's a solid mass. She was at a bar, possibly right. preyed on you. Children. Yeah. Can, yeah, maybe have children. You can physically touch her and spend time with her like a normal human. I don't know. It's like a weird robot alien creature. Yeah. We just don't know. But black-eyed children are terrifying. And if you want to be really, really scared, just read all the stories and articles on them. If you guys have personal experiences with the black-eyed children, we want to hear them. Maybe we'll do like a whole encounters episode on just black-eyed children. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like – like, do you really think that someone – I don't know. They just seem so scarce. I know. They do. But – Which is a good thing. I don't know. Well, let's just pick two – Two – Of our other stories? Emails to read. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So this email is from Natalie, and the subject is A Tale of Two Ghosts. She says, hey, ladies, I have a long history of ghosts and other paranormal encounters. I am 100% sane, and I'm just very open, I suppose. Uh, I would like to share two stories, a happy story and one that might ruin your day. Oh, great. 
Good, good, good. Okay. We'll start. Should we start with the happy or the nightmare? Let's start with the happy. Okay. Let's end scary. Okay. The happy. When I was nine years old, my grandfather died. He lay dead in his apartment for three or four days before anyone found him. Oh. That is so sad. That's so sad. That's so horrible. Oh. My grandpa was the kind of man who... I thought this was supposed to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I think it gets happy. Okay. My grandpa was the kind of man who wrote letters to presidents and other officials to protect the environment and helped inspire and supported by fledging love for folklore and anthropology, my college minor and major respectively. My mother, little sister, and I went to his apartment weeks later to pick up a few things. I sat on his waterbed and cried. Something caused me to look up, maybe something ghostly, and there he was. He didn't look at me, but I got to watch him walk down the hall one last time. Sometimes I think he chose not to look at me to keep me safe and sane. He just, like, wanted to tell her that, like, he's okay. Yeah, that's nice to, like, be visited and know that, like, I mean, I'm sure because there was maybe some guilt and sadness about the family not checking up on him for four days, him not being found. So that's nice that he came to just be like, I'm okay. Don't worry about me. Keep living your life. Right. Because it seemed like he also waited for her to look up before he walked down the hall. Mm -hmm. I also wonder if people in that apartment have seen him too. Ooh. Who live there now. I wonder. Okay. Are you ready for the nightmare? Okay. The nightmare. In college, I lived in a slum. This house was built in the 20s based on the foundation, and then it was turned into a split level. We lived on the bottom floor. Over the next year and a half, when I lived in this apartment, three entities made themselves apparent to me. The first was what we assumed to be a friendly old man who liked to play with Netflix and the power. We called him Harold, and he was harmless. The second was the woman. The woman lurked in bedrooms and was spinely was a spinely dark figure. I caught her watching me sleeping on more than one occasion, but she always kept her distance. This is where it gets terrible. In the bathroom was a linen closet that had a ceiling that extended far beyond the light, kind of like looking up a fireplace. This is where the man lived. (gasps) Oh, he lived. I first noticed him one evening when I was climbing out of the shower. He was watching me from the mirror. As time progressed, the man would watch me shower, and occasionally I came out with scratches on my back that I couldn't have reached myself. I never told my roommates about the man for fear of seeming insane, but I did notice that they all avoided the bathroom when they were able to. Worse still, the first year living there, one of my roommates was possessed. Not kidding. She would crawl into her closet and go in into long rants about how Jesus was mad at her. I even took her to the hospital, but no good came of it. She just came back crazier than ever. Eventually, I moved out and left the haunted apartment behind. I just hope the next tenants don't have to fight any demons. Wait, this was her roommate? Who was staring at her watching her sleep? Yes. Wait, this sounds like the thing that I was I know. about. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Is this giving you confirmation about your Yeah, he's for sure. He was possessed. Is possessed. Oh, my God. I can't even – I was going to say I can't even imagine what it would be like, but I can't now. (laughs) But that's so scary, too, for her to, like, crawl into the closet or something. Yeah. 
Oh, and a man like watching you shower and scratching you. Ew. Oh my God. That's literally, this is like the worst apartment to ever live in. I can't believe she stayed. For a year and a half. I know. No, 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 no. But sometimes, sometimes there's that, that's the thing. Like sometimes you just cannot get out of a living situation. Yeah. Like you're on a, you're on a lease or whatever it is and you. Or I wonder if you kind of get used to it. If you're like, well, I can make this work. That reminds me of Bowen's story with the girl who was like, by the way, my house is kind of hot. And he's like, I'll still come over because you're hot. (laughs) (laughs) But like she just, I don't know. She got used to it. She grew up with it. Yeah. Yeah. This is this. That's true. She was like, oh, they'll stop soon. They'll get bored. Or if not, it's fine. (laughs) But I just can't imagine being like scratched or to like wake up. It's one thing to see spirits, but if it's an actual physical living human person that's doing some of this stuff right that's terrifying because i think that they're almost more capable of harm totally and unpredictable i i think that's what it is is that they're so unpredictable Mm -hmm. same with black eyed kids like you don't know when they're gonna come you don't know what they're gonna say like you don't know where you're gonna be or how to prepare there's no and i think with ghosts in general there's really no preparation like i think with serial killers you can like seek out a plan of attack if like anywhere to come into your house Yeah, like you have like self-defense and and i don't know just to like recognize certain things that people do and like certain escape tactics or try to yeah persuade them otherwise but when it comes to ghosts like there's nothing yeah. And the other scary thing about black-eyed children is that it, you don't necessarily – you're not necessarily behind a closed door. Like they can approach you like what you said in Staffordshire. It, you can be on a walk. You can be out in the yeah. middle of daylight and they approach you. How do you escape? What do you do? What do you – like run. run. I don't know. Yeah. It's scary. How fast can you run, though? You know, how fast this can is, you run? This, actually, you can prepare. Like I said, I run every day, so I can outrun any spirits, <laughs> and killers. Oh man, what I am I going to do? <laughs> I'll just punch him. You have the fight. Yeah. Well, you have the fight. I have the flight. Yep. <laughs> I punch him, and by the time I turn around, you're already like a mile away. <laughs> okay. Wait, that's actually a good shirt idea. Is <laughs> I have the fight or I have the fight. <gasps> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. We should do those. Mm-hmm. Guys, we have we have a bunch of designs ready. We're just <laughs> we're, we're trying to We're trying to get it. We're we're not designers, so we're trying to um get them designed. Yeah, figure out. It's a process. To do that. So, if anyone has any suggestions or has made yeah. shirts or had things designed in the past, let us know cuz we're definitely open and searching yeah. for designers answers okay so i will read this email called my game of tug of war with a ghost and this is from s she said hi sabrina and corinne i love your podcast and have binge listening all week i needed to tell you about my experience in my childhood home that has scarred me for life the home i lived in until i was eight years old was haunted with many spirits One night, I was sleeping in my room that I shared with my brother. We had bunk beds, and I slept on the top since I was older. 
I was awakened (laughs) around 5 a.m. by my blanket being pulled off the foot of my bed. I grabbed the other end of the blanket by my head and pulled it back. My blanket was pulled tight and in midair. After about 10 seconds of tug of war, it let it go and the blanket flew into my face. I quickly threw it off and looked down at my then three-year-old brother and he was sound asleep. He definitely was asleep because a three-year-old would not be able to pretend to be asleep without laughing or snoring weird. I yelled for my mom and told her what happened. She acted confused, but after we moved and I was older, she explained to me that she knew exactly what I was talking about that morning. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. She then told me her scariest story that took place in the living room. As she was watching TV, an apparition of a woman in a black dress and long black hair that went all the way down to the floor appeared by the TV. Holy shit. I have chills. The woman was facing the wall and had a demonic presence. The woman then slowly started to turn around to face my mom, but disappeared before my mom could see her face. Our family saw at least five other apparitions in the house, one that would watch my dad sleep. So, needless to say, we moved, and we hoped that none of them would follow us. I've always wanted to go back and ask the new owners if they have any experiences, especially since they did construction on the house. Hope this didn't freak you out too much and can't wait for your next episode. See you on the other side. S. Wow. Oh, my God. Like, a dark, long, black hair slowly, slowly turning. It reminds me of the Blair Witch Project when the, like, person at the end is just, like, standing in the corner and Mm -hmm. just staring at the wall. Yeah. I'm also just happy that she's wearing a black dress. <laughs> I'm trying to focus on that because it makes it less scary. Well, it makes it scary, but like, I'm like proud of that she's not a lady in white. A different color dress, yeah. But it's demonic. I know, I know. Wow, that's terrifying. And just picturing a blanket being pulled taut and you're back and forth, back and forth. It's not like it's just like being lifted up yeah. and then falls down, and you're like, "What was that?" It's taut and you're pulling right. and feeling resistance and a pull back and it would be one thing if it was like taut and like one part was like kind of down but the fact that it was like midair it couldn't be stuck anywhere on like the bunk bed no someone was physically holding it something was something. physically holding it and pulling it near inches from her and her three-year-old brother <sighs> so scary when in doubt move out you guys yeah. Also, this is a good segue because next week we're doing an episode on white ladies. It's the white ladies. There's like 500. And there's 5,000 million bajillion. Um, but we posted a really cool Instagram that was basically like when you're getting dressed in the mornings, pick out your outfit wisely because you this is what you're going to be dying in. This is your ghost outfit. <laughs> this forever. is what you're going to die in. <laughs> Sabrina. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's not how it went. (laughs) Hey, guys, everyone dress yourself well today because you're going to (laughs) die. That's not what it said. That's not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it? (laughs) Just go follow us on Instagram so you can see what it actually says. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. And I wanted to – I was – what I was getting at is that if people tell us what they would wear or what they would like to die in, (laughs) we will read some of our favorite next week mm-hmm. yeah we have some good ones people were like oh, i usually wear like sweatpants and 
flannels yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Things um, that aren't white is what we prefer. Exactly. I want some diversity in my ghost world. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because clearly we're going to be running it. The ghostesses are here. You get a new outfit. You get a new outfit. You get a new outfit. It's going to be um, lit. It's going to be great. What are you scared of this week? I'm scared what? that the thing that I saw, the dark, mm-hmm. low to the ground presence that I saw the two times that person was over is still here. I don't think it is. No. I think it's attached to him. But today I'm saging just yes. in case. You should absolutely sage. I told you to sage before we talked about Black Eyed Kids. But but then I was thinking, I was like, but what if I sage and then talk about Black Eyed Kids and then it just opens it all up again? Oh, so you're right. I'm saging today. Okay. After we're done That's recording. Good. So that. That's good. Hopefully none of the negativity that came with seeing that person <laughs> stays here. You're not yes. welcome, buddy. Get out. Get out. What are you scared of, Sabrina? Black-eyed children for one, but then – oh, this is totally an irrational fear. Well, kind of. <laughs> so Leia sleeps with me at night, like, on my chest – and I'm always terrified that one night I'm going to roll over and suffocate her. You won't because she'll wake up and she's a cat, so I she'll know. freak out. I know. But I don't ever want her to stop sleeping on my chest because it's the nicest thing in the world. <laughs> That's really cute. <laughs> she just puts her little she puts her little neck on my shoulder and just purrs. Aww. So do you sleep on your back? Yeah, which I never used to do until I had her because – you change for the people you love. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a good thing to sleep on your back because apparently it helps reset your body a little bit better. If you're a side sleeper or sleep on your stomach, you can start the aging process a little sooner because it smushes your face in different ways. And if you're a lady, your boobs hang. Gravity takes them a little more. Mm. So, Well, thank you, Leia, for... Keeping you perky and youthful. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. Don't ever see black-eyed kids. And if you do, run the heck away. Run, run, run. And if you do see them. Or punch them and see what happens. Yeah, can someone else test that theory? Not me. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) But I probably would. (laughs) There's just a witness watching you punch a little child or what seemingly looks like a child. It's actually a kid in a Halloween costume and then I go to jail. And then we get a mug, so my mug shot, and then we put it on a shirt and sell it. <laughs> there we go. The moral of the story, I think, of black-eyed children is to just never trust children. Yeah, just ever. maybe don't talk to them at all. Don't look at them. Ignore them. Keep walking. Don't have any. Yeah, get rid of yours. If just And the other thing yeah. is maybe even beyond just black-eyed children. Trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, yes. then you don't have to stay in that situation. You can remove yeah. yourself. Yeah. Say no to black-eyed kids and to drugs. Mm-hmm. Depending on the drug. <laughs> because, like, technically I take drugs. Alcohol, I take Claritin yeah. every day. That's an allergy medicine. That's a drug. Oh, no. So. You just you just disappeared. So I'll uh, find out what you said uh, when I edit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, 
If you haven't already, please rate mm-hmm. and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars, yeah. please. And seriously, I read reviews to Corinne and to myself whenever one of us has had a bad day. I'll read yeah, Sabrina calls me and does live readings. Mm-hmm. And it's it really nice. Better. It's actually really nice. It's so nice. It's a good way to feel better whenever we're having a bad day. Yeah. And it reminds us that, like, all the work that we put into this is really paying off and people are enjoying what we're producing and putting together for you. Yeah, we appreciate it, you guys. It's the best community. And we were just saying the other day about our Facebook group because a lot of Facebook groups out there have, like, sets of rules and stuff. And we're like, yeah. do we need to make that? And then we're like, you know what? No, because everyone is so nice and everyone's so respectful and we have the best community yeah. out there that yeah. we don't even need to say ever- anything at all because you guys are amazing. And everybody lifts each other up. Yeah. It's great. So we love it. Thank you. We love it. We love you. We love cats. We love ghosts. Corinne loves black-eyed children. (laughs) I am mother. (gasps) (laughs) Join our Facebook group. Like us on Facebook. We have an Instagram that you can follow. We have Twitter as well. And And email us. Email us your ghost mm-hmm. stories at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear everything. Yes. If you've seen a white lady for next week, if you have had experiences with black eyed kids, if your neighbor's neighbor's sister's brother is possessed, tell us. Yes, tell us everything. Anything and everything that's paranormal, we yeah. love it and we'll get to it. We promise. Mm-hmm. So we will. See you on the other side. side.